Real Life Real Crime is a true crime podcast brought to you by Woody Overton and executive producer Toby Tomplay. nature it should be for people that are 18 years or older heed my warning people i do not get the facts of these cases off the internet or from some television show the facts we're retelling you were presented to us by the victims of the crimes or the perpetrators who committed the crimes against the victims my description of the crime scenes are what i saw with my own two eyes if you're gonna get offended Please turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this patron bonus episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Woody Overton. And y'all, if you're listening to this, it means you are a patron member. Vandalism tearing up, and you know I appreciate you, and I thank you for your support. And I love, love, love our patron members. Hey, guys. No, you're not losing your mind. Even if you're not a Patreon member, you are hearing this exclusive bonus episode. Oh, and by the way, Toby Tomplay here. I'm the producer of Real Life Real Crime, the podcast. Woody has been super busy, boots on the ground. In fact, he just called me a little while ago from Jackson, Mississippi, and he told me that he's not even going to be able to record a new episode from the road right now, let alone come to the studio. And we decided we're going to give you guys a little sneak peek into one of the Patreon bonus episodes. So what is Patreon, you may be asking? Patreon is like the VIP of real-life, real-crime lifers. You basically just subscribe to making a small donation to the podcast, and it's what keeps this podcast alive. We absolutely could not do the podcast week after week if it was not for the support from the Patreon members. Which is why you always hear Woody say, we love and appreciate each and every one of you. And especially a big thanks to the Patreon members, because it's it's the Patreon members that allow us to do the podcast. So what do you get by becoming a Patreon member? Well, you get a variety of bonuses and benefits. Anything from bonus episodes and videos that no one else gets to hear or see, to Woody actually calling you at your home and having a chat with you. Needless to say, the benefits are very cool. So if you haven't already, please sign up to be a Patreon member. 
and Patreons. Hope you enjoyed Beat It that was released a few days ago. And since we're using last month's bonus episode and we're playing it tonight for the rest of the world to hear, that's going to be replaced in a couple days by a brand new Patreon episode called Family Tradition. And look out for it. It's, it's going to be good. And last but not least, Woody asked me to ask you guys to send out some prayers to all the victims of Hurricane Laura and Hurricane Sally and uh, the wildfires over on the West Coast. Please send your prayers out to those, to those families and friends. So that's it, y'all. Toby Tomplay here. I'm going to get back to work on the brand new Cold Case podcast that Woody and I are working on now. So you guys enjoy this bonus episode called Swim, previously only available to Patreon members. We sent out a poll to y'all this month on what benefit y'all like the most. And it's everybody said more content, right? So I'm going to add add some more stuff throughout the month as the months go along. I'm going to record some different things for y'all. They may not be real long, et cetera, or maybe a quick story. If I'm driving by somewhere and I'm thinking about it, I'll shoot a video. So look for more content. And again, appreciate you being a patron member and just love, love, love you. So that being said, today's episode is named SWIM, S-W-I-M. And I guess it's an acronym for someone who isn't me. So I'm not saying I, I'm going to tell you a story today. And the person in the story is swim. It's someone who isn't me. And that's what I'm sticking to. That's my story I'm sticking to. So if I say I or anything like that or refer to myself or whatever, just remember it's swim. And I think at the end of the story, you'll get why I named it that. Um, so way back when, <laughs> there was... Uh, an investigator that worked for the Louisiana State Police, criminal investigator. And he was driving home one evening at, uh, and stuck in traffic. And he got a phone call from a chief of police from, and I, y'all, I'm not going to name any names on anything today. Remember, swim. And the chief of police had been a friend of mine, and we had worked together uh, um, at some point in the past. At another, when we were both at another agency, and he said, "Hey man," he said, "What are you doing?" And I said, "I'm riding home, bro." I said, "What's up?" And, and he said, "Look," he said, "I really, really need your help." And I was like, "Dude, what's wrong?" And he said, "Can you please go to my department, and uh, I need your help." Now, his department is a small department; they didn't really even have an, an investigator. Um, so I said, I said, what happened? I said, what do you need? And he, and he said, look, one of our richest neighborhoods got burglarized today. And he said, it's not kids. He said, they didn't just, you know, steal any old thing. They went in and hit several of the houses and they stole like gun collections and jewelry. And, you know, he said like professionals. And he said, and the problem is one of them is... Uh, one of the residents is a judge 
the judge's house. He said another one is a, is a high-ranking politician in the parish. And he said, well, he said, well, uh, swim. This is a a like huge political case. And I said, well, when when did they find out? I said, what's the deal? And he said, I, we didn't start getting the calls until around four or something. And uh, when the first person got home, now all these victims that got hit, y'all were you know, actually you know had jobs and shit like that, right? Uh, well-to-do people. But he he was like he said, man, this is you know, an ape, which is, I call an acute political emergency, an ape. And he said, I really need your help. And I said, well, you know, didn't you call a sheriff's office? He said, yeah. And we're out in the field um, dealing with these people, these complaints at their houses, trying to get a list of all their items and everything. And he said, their detectives uh, have a couple of detectives that they sent, but it's their night shift guys. And he said, this, so they're shorthanded and one of them's getting called off on something else. He said, now look, he said, I got a, 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 one of the suspects. The We have a video of him driving the car through the neighborhood several times on the, on the same video. He said at one point there were some other people in the car with him. He said, um, I know who the guy was. And he said, he's a long time, good, good, what I call a good bad guy. And he said, so he had a, an outstanding warrant for traffic or something. He said, I just sent my guys to, to arrest him, some of my uniform guys. He said, and they're going to, to meet you at the PD. And he said, can you come over and help them? He said, that, you know, Woody, they don't know what they're doing. And this is a major investigation. And he said, and not knocking the sheriff's office guys or whatever. He said, but I, I really, really need you to help me on this one. And, and I said, look the technically you need to call it in through the higher up higher ups powers that be to request me he said I can't you know can't do that and I don't have time you know he said it, it this is after hours and the state police are gonna be closed he said if we you know come help me please now back it up y'all I I worked several homicides and uh, major cases and solves major cases for this department through over the years for with different agencies. We'll, we'll leave it at that or swim did. And so this guy knows what type of work I brought to his table. And, and he was like, man, he said that he said, I'm not going to win my next election. If I don't solve this shit, he said that this is all my biggest backers. He said, I'm begging you. I said, dude, you don't have to beg me. I said, I'll, I'll go over there. I said, so the bad guy's on his way, right? He said, he's in rally. He said, yeah. He said, the, he's, there'll be two officers. You know, you can go through the back door and, and they'll have him in the, in the back room. I said, So I drive to the police department and get, get there. And it's a small building and there's the police parking is in back. There's no cameras and all of that, but, the, the cops would go through the back door of the building, not the front door, especially after hours. And that's where they park their, their units. And I get there and I pull in um, and I see the two officers getting a guy out of the car in handcuffs. And he's he's handcuffed in the front, not behind his back. And I pull up and I get out and they're going to the back door and I say, hey, hold the door for me. And I would would be dressed in uh, dress clothes with a badge on and, and 
gun on my side, and, and I didn't really know these two cats. But they knew who I was, evidently. The chief had called them and told them that I was coming. Now, these guys, I guess in police work and law enforcement in general, there's there's a lot of interagency pissing contests on, on stuff like this, right? I mean, they're certainly they're thinking, well, you know, why do we have to have these, these guys brought in or have him brought in to help me and, you know, whatever. You get that. I guess you get a lot of A-type personalities, et cetera. And so I, I didn't want to go in there and just make them look like idiots or, or you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they were fine cops, but I, I know that they're, you know, most of their time was spent writing tickets and accidents. So they, they let me in the door and the guys look at me and as I'm walking up, the one of them's holding the door, the other one's uh, leading the guy through the door and he turns around and looked at me and he said, who the fuck are you? No, he described this guy. He was like probably in his forties, white male, uh, not an obvious doper. I mean, he didn't, he didn't have mess sores and he wasn't tweaking or anything like that, but he threw it right on me hard. At first he said, who the fuck are you? And when I walk into the back room of the police department, the back room of the police department has a couple of tables. It's like a common area where they bring people in and, in I guess, they didn't even have, this police department didn't even have an interview room, I'll put it like that. The, they would bring people in there and there's like their, maybe their break room. It was all a kind of multi-purpose room. So they bring him in and he said, who the fuck are you? And I said, I'm swim. At, uh, uh, and he said, oh, you, you, you a pretty motherfucker. And, and he's, he's trying me, right? And, and looking me in the eyes, he said, you a pretty motherfucker. Swim, you was a pretty motherfucker. You know, you put your gold badge on and the boot on. You a big shot motherfucker, huh? And I said, uh, I said, why well, I got to be a motherfucker, man? And so I'm, I'm just playing with him. And remember, I told you in past episodes, you never want, really want to start out high on somebody. I could have started out jumping up and cursing them, et cetera. But if you do that, you don't have anywhere to go, right? If you start out high, you can't back it down. I mean, your attitude with the person. And so... I said, I said, yeah, man, I'm pretty. I'm pretty. You know, I said, let's go on in here. I said, uh, so I sat down at the table and I went with one of the officers in the, in the hallway, the senior officer. Uh, there's a door that separated from that room. I said, what's the deal? And he said, well, we've got him on film from one of the residences driving a car several times on that street. Um, like, making several trips and he said on on the first time he came in on now this neighborhood probably didn't have 30 or 40 houses in it so it's, it's, but it had the one main way in and out and that and there weren't cameras back then weren't as prevalent as, as they are now like there wasn't ring doorbells and shit and everybody didn't have one so it got they got lucky to have any footage at all and uh he said, we got him coming in with, with two other white males and, and got him him leaving several times. And then the last time that his vehicle exited, and this was all earlier in the morning, y'all. The last time his vehicle exited, uh, the guys, there were passengers and uh, two other people were in the vehicle with him. So that tells me 
they were going in and hitting houses. He probably dropped them off, and they were going in and hitting them. They would load the car up, and he was taking the merchandise somewhere that wasn't that far away because it wasn't he wasn't gone from the neighborhood for that long. And um, meanwhile, he's going. Evidently, they were getting so much stuff. He would take a carload and go drop it off, and he'd come back, and they'd get hit in another house to get another carload of shit. So I, I, I said, what you got him on? He said, and he said, we got him on a bullshit traffic warrant, an outstanding warrant, and then bring him in and question him. He said, um, you know, he said, I, I know what I'm doing, and and I'm going to question him. And I, I said, hey, man, I'm just here to help. I said, I'm not trying to step on your toes or anything. You know, I said, but this is kind of what I do. And I said, your chief did call me. So go back in there and sit down. And he immediately starts back in on me again. And he said, yeah, you pretty motherfucker. And he said, you state boy, state boy here. And I just was quiet. And the officer started on him. He said, listen, um, where were you today? And, and the guy said, what the fuck you mean where I am? I mean, he's real belligerent, y'all, a real asshole. He said, what the fuck you mean? Uh, where was I, Sarge? Well, as soon as he said that, I'm like, oh, fuck, here we go. And the guy, he said, the officer said, well, where were you? And he said, I was where I was. And I stopped and said, I said, oh, oh, oh. I said just stop. I said, first of all, I said, have you been advised of your rights? He said, they told me my rights when they arrested me. I said, no. I said, y'all need to advise him of his rights before we start any, any kind of line of questioning. Okay, I said, as a matter of fact, I said, I need to talk to you in the hallway again. So I took that officer back in the hallway. I said, go, do you have his criminal history? And he said, no. I said, go print out his criminal history. And he said, why? I said, because well, he's a fucking convict. And he called you Sarge. And if they call you Sarge, that means they've done serious prison time. That means they've been institutionalized and they look at anybody in a position of authority and they still calling you Sarge because all corrections officers are pretty much a sergeant's, right? And that's just a convict term. And so I waited and he went and ran the criminal history and came back and he had, the list was long and distinguished, okay? He had a shitload of charges, but he had, I think he had done like 14 years total prison time. Now, y'all, when you start out as a criminal, they don't send you, usually you don't go to the Department of Corrections on, on your first couple charges. You know, you'll get probation for a burglary or you'll get, you know, whatever, probation, and then you'll get a suspended sentence or what have you. This guy started when he was young, and, and I think he was in like 42 now, but he started like at 18, which he, he probably started before that. And we in Louisiana, the juvenile records are locked up. So from 18 on, he had been arrested like 20-something times, I think. But the, the most serious, well, a lot of narcotics offenses and bullshit like that, but the most serious ones and uh were that he got he did prison time were, were for uh two auto thefts in three burglaries and i think i think um two of them were residential and one of them was a business okay so let me digress for a second the the Studies on criminals show that most white males outgrow their criminal behavior by age 24, right? We all fucked up. And, yeah, I did a lot of illegal stuff when when I was young, probably, right? So, the but if you don't grow out of that 
behavior by age 24, the studies show that you there's like a 90% chance you can be a criminal the rest of your life. And this guy did it. He's a, he's a career criminal. So the on other burglaries where people would go in and like you know steal a TV or or a DVR or something that they can flip quick for dope. This guy wasn't doing that. This guy was was doing it for a living. And there you have it. And also, let me tell you this: like ninety eight percent of all residential burglaries occurred during the daytime. And I, I always thought that was kind of odd, but reason why. Because the smart criminals aren't trying to break into somebody's house when they're home. The, the, they're not trying to get shot or, you know, rape somebody or whatever. They, they are doing it. The smart criminals will watch these houses. They'll find a target house that they want to watch. They watch. They know when these people go to work. And they know when they get home. So they know how what their window of opportunity is to hit it. So this guy, evidently, even though he'd been in prison a lot, it, it, you think about that. He went to prison for the mainly for those uh, different sentences for years for those charges. But think about all the ones that he did that he never got called for. Okay, so you put it in that kind of context. He's in what borderline what I call a good bad guy, meaning that he's evidently pretty smart, but he's also an asshole. Some reading and I, and I told the guy, I said, "Listen, the, the officer said, listen, you got to." Um, Brandize this asshole and get a consent to question and on before you start to question him on these burglaries. And he said, No, he said, I already Mirandized him. He knows his run rights. I said, I understand, but then you're dealing with somebody who's been down a long time. You need to do this shit by the book, or a defense attorney is going to have a field day with you. If you go in there right now and he confesses to these burglaries, which I don't think he's going to do, but if you do, and you don't take the time to get him past Miranda and get the consent to question, and then then the defense attorney, the first thing they're going to challenge is uh, uh, they're going to do a motion to suppress on the confession because you didn't Mirandize him about what you wanted to question. Well, yes, you Mirandized him on his rights about his, his arrest on the bullshit traffic warrant, but you knew you were bringing him in to question him about serious burglaries, and yet you didn't take the time. So the guy kind of officer was kind of a little pissy with me, but he got what I was saying and he went and got one of their right Miranda rights forms. And it's a, it's a combination form. It has Miranda rights on top and, um, and they sign it in the bottom and on the bottom part, it has a consent question part that says, I agree to voluntarily answer questions. And, and, and you know, something like, I don't need a lawyer or need or want a lawyer at this time. No threats or promises have been made to me or what have you, whatnot. So we go back in. He said, man, what the fuck? And what y'all in there? Y'all in there fucking each other? And I'm like, this fucking asshole. And and he's trying to get a rise out of me. And, and the guy, the officer's like, well, so you want you watch your mouth? And he, he said, I would like to watch your mouth go down on my dick. And I was like, oh, but and, and y'all, I really don't suffer fools real well. Now I get this guy, he's an asshole, right? And, and, but I'll take it to a certain point and then I flash. But remember, I'm still down low with him. My job is to find out or get, or get something to use against him on the burglaries to put his ass in prison and try to get these people their shit back. So we sit down, the officer starts, he said, listen, um, 
the oh on the Miranda rights form it has a, a, an extensive question form it has the spot where you fill out the suspect's name uh, and then what it is that you want to talk to him about so he sits down and says okay your name is such and such um, he said we want to question you about burglaries in such and such neighborhood today and then he read him as Miranda rights he said you understand your rights I said motherfucker I know my rights and I said, but do you understand them? He said, yeah, pretty boy. I understand my rights when he's looking at me. And he read the consent to question part. And he said, do you, uh, you know, want to consent to question uh, now without a lawyer? He said, bitch, I don't need a lawyer. You know, he said, I'll answer any fucking question you got. He said, and, and so he signed it, consent to question part, and the guy starts. And he said, okay. Where were you today? And the guy said, I already told you, suck my dick. I was where I was. Da, da, da. And yeah, he tried to ask him something else. And I stopped. I stopped and said, look, come back in the hallway again, please. The officer we went back in the hallway. I said, look, you don't have to beat around the bush with this asshole. And I mean, it's not his first radio. Just get to the questioning. You know, I said, try to lock him in to a statement so we can go disprove, disprove that statement. So we go back in, and he said, uh, he said, where were you today again? And the guy said, I already fucking told you that I was where I was, and I told you you could suck my dick. I said, all right, listen. And I, I stopped him. I said, listen, were you in such and such neighborhood today? And he stopped and looked at me. He said, what the fuck you want to know for, state boy? I said, were you in such and such neighborhood today? Yes or no? And then and he looked at me and said, hey, man, you said you were going to accept the question. I said, either you are or you aren't. I mean, it, you know, what's the deal? And he said, the deal is I would like for you to come over here and unzip my pants and suck my dick. I said, all right. I said, I said cool, man. I said, look, stand up. And he stood up and I stood up and the the officers were looking at me and I said, listen, I'm going to be back in, in a minute. I said, he and I are going to go outside and have a talk. And the guy was like, what do you mean? I said, just let me go outside and talk to him. I'm going to question him a little bit. He, he already knows his Miranda rights. He consented the question. He and I are going outside to talk. I said, sometimes people talk easier when it's not more people. He said, and the bad guy said, bullshit. You want to take me outside so you could suck my dick. Sarge and I say, yeah, motherfucker. So we turned to go for walking towards the door, and I he had his back to me, the bad idea. And I'm walking behind, and I reached behind. The officer was coming with me. We got to the door, I reached behind, him and I tapped him on his gun belt. Now, on his duty belt, he had his freeze plus P on the front and a, and a holster on the front of his duty belt. If you're looking at a duty belt, it's like Batman's belt, right? You, you have you where it connects in the middle. Then on the right hand, my right, if I was in uniform, on my right hand side, I would have right in front, I would have my freeze plus P. It's the first thing I can reach. My my pistol would be the next. And on my left hand side, I would have my ass for my collapsible baton. And then the my two handcuffs would be in the back. My magazine pouches, um, what y'all would call clips, or right where I can reach with my left hand, et cetera. So I reached around and I, and I took the freeze plus P out of the officer's um, 
holster and I put it in my pocket. And he kind of looked at me. And I said, and I just did my hand up. I said, just stay here. And we go outside, and it's it's getting dark now. It was it was the winter time of the year, so it got dark early. And uh, we go outside, and I, I shut that metal door behind me. And he's like, "What the fuck are you gonna do, uh, pretty boy? What you want to talk about?" I said, "Hey, motherfucker, you can just cut the act." And, and I said, "Here's the deal. I know your criminal history. I said I'm gonna tell you straight the fuck up how this is gonna go down." I said, "Well, we got your ass on video." And then I said, they're over there working it. I said, I know you made a career out of robbing houses and shit. And then he starts to say something. I said, just listen to me. I said, I know you made a career. Have you done it? I said, I said you hadn't had too much of a successful career because you've been down for over 14 years. And he, I, I kind of called his attention, right? I mean, he's smart enough to listen for a second without being an asshole. I said, so here's the deal. This is how it's going to play out. I said, one of the houses you hit belongs to a judge. And he, he kind of looked at me and said, yeah, I'm not fucking with you. I said, and we got you on video several times, leaving in and out the neighborhood. I said, you had two of your homies with you when you when you went in. I said, and then you made several trips out by yourself back and forth. And I said, and later on, you picked up two of your homies and you left. I said, so you're fucked. And the... We're going to find out who they are also, if we have to put it on the news or whatever, and we identify it, and the first one that talks is going to get the deal. I said, now your problem is this. And I took out my phone, and uh, I acted like I was calling, but I really wasn't. And I said, I'm calling the, the, the assistant district attorney right now, and I'm going to tell him about the case. And, and I called, and I said, hey, so-and-so. And, and I said, hey, look, I'm on a burglary. Uh, I'm assisting an agency on a burglary and it was of such such neighborhood. I said, you know, judge such such. And I'm like, I know you do. And I said, his house is one of them that got hit. And I said, you know, politician such such. And I, yeah, I said, there's another one. I said, here's the deal. Got a guy, he's already done 14 years DOC time for burglaries. It's not his first radio. I said, he's being a real ass. And uh, I want to know, will you habitual offender him this time? And I said, I said, thank you. I said, yeah, he does definitely. He's gonna be one that deserves it. And I hung up the phone, and I turned to the guy, and he was like, "What the fuck, man?" He said, "You think you're gonna get me, motherfucker?" Da da da. I said, "No, I already got you." He said, "What do you mean?" I said, "I already got your ass." I said, "What do you mean?" I said, "You just confessed to me." He said, "What the fuck?" And I said, "You just told me you committed those burglaries." He said, "I didn't tell you any such thing." I said, "Yeah, you did." They said, oh, so that, that shit ain't going to fly. So, yeah, yeah, it's going to fly. So, I said, guess what? We're going to go back inside now, and I'm going to tell them that you confessed. And, and we're getting there, and you were like, and you say, no, you didn't confess. Then I'm going to say that you did. Now you just changed the story, but we're booking you on probable cause on your confession to me. And I said, you're fucked. And said, well, I'm going to go personally and build this fucking case. I'm going to find your homies in the DNA. And once we get them, I'm going to put a rat jacket on your ass. You know, a rat jacket is the, I'm, I'm going to tell, when I arrest other, his cohorts, I'm going to tell them their, that their information came to me um, by way of him that he got arrested first and he ratted their ass out and now look a rat jacket for a convict somebody like this asshole is a big deal even even though 
he could he could deny it, the the damage would be done, right? The um and he certainly didn't want to go back to prison. First of all, he didn't want to go back and, and do life for these burglaries. And then he definitely didn't want to go back with a rat jacket on him. And it's easy to do that. And and uh, he knew I was serious. And he, he said, you're a motherfucking piece of shit. I said, hey, man, that's that's a, the way it's going to be. You know, you're you going to fucking, you want some help? I said, I can call the DA back and tell him you fucking fully cooperated and we won't habitual offender you. You give up your your homeboys and you and you say that they did it and I won't tell them that you said that they did it. I said, but I'm going I'm to crack the fucking case either way. I said, I'm a fucking homicide detective. I said, burgers for me are like fucking eating a bag of chips. I said, I got called in as a favor on this. I said, but I'm going to do your fucking ass. And he said, yeah. Why don't you do my ass and why don't you suck my dick? I said, I said, look, I said, if I was was to suck your dick, and he looked at me, I said, if I was, and the, there wasn't much lighting outside, y'all. His back's against his back's against the the unit. Uh, there's like one light in that lot, and there's a fence line on the backside, wooden fence. I mean, there's nobody but him and I. Okay, and justice was just us. And I said, if if I was to suck your dick. Right now, I said, show me with your mouth uh, what, what I'd have to do. He said, what do you mean? I said, if, if I'm going to suck your dick, make the motion with your mouth of what you want me to do. He said, yeah, I want you to suck my dick. You open your mouth like this. And he made the O, the circle with his mouth. And as soon as he did, I pulled that three plus P out. And I fucking jetted the whole can down his throat, in his face. <laughs> and I fucking doused him down. He's like, ah. Now, let me tell you about Freeze Plus P. Freeze Plus P is, is the, what I call the gift that keeps on giving. Okay? I could have punched this asshole in his mouth. The pain would have been over in a couple of minutes. Freeze Plus P is actually tear gas and pepper spray mixed together. Uh, um, and it is one of the worst experiences you can have besides actually getting shot. Even tasers, tasers aren't that bad because it's, they hit you with the voltage and it's over, right? And it's not like in the movies when you get tased and they show them knocking people out. And you get tased, which I never had a taser anyway. Thank God, probably because I'd have tased everybody just for fun. But the, or that only the assholes. But the Freeze Plus P, it takes it about a minute and a half to really, it burns when it first hits, but it's in about a minute and a half. Your, your eyes involuntarily close. It makes you, uh, uh, feel like you're drowning, like you can't catch your breath. Really, you can, but it makes you feel like you're going to die. And then your face, it feels like you're getting pounded in the eyeballs with bricks that are on fire. I mean, it's just fucking bad. And it's, you know, snot slings everywhere, and and it makes you gag in the whole nine yards. Now, I've been sprayed with Freeze Plus P and training so many times with full facials. I've, you know, over, throughout the career, fighting people almost every time I would always use the freeze plus P the only uh, on a use of force continuum is what it's called right so you have the freeze plus P on a, on a use of force continuum is right after verbal commands meaning if I say hey you're under arrest put your hands behind your back and you're like fuck you not doing it I can either go in and physically fight with you at that point to do it or I can spray you and then once you're incapacitated it helps me affect the rest. So it's right there. I mean, it's sort of like the lowest level on, um, on the force continuum. And females, uh, you know, 
if you're dealing with a drunk or a high female or whatever, and you're like, you're under arrest, I'm like, fuck you, da da da. And I never put my hand on the female. I'd be like, no, fuck you. Spray them and wait for it to kick in. And then, but the, the, the beauty of the freeze plus P is it gets worse. And once the, the this asshole sprayed him, like, you know, he did his mouth in a dick sucking motion, I just down the throat. Then T, they call it doing a T. They do a T with your hand while you're still spraying across his eyes, and then he's he's fucking going off. He's like, "Ah, oh, motherfucker, you motherfucker, you sprayed me!" And I'm like, there "Ain't gonna be two more of these motherfuckers walking around here because I knew it was fixing to kick in." But in about thirty seconds, and then it really starts to hurt him, and then his eyes go closed, and then he, then he starts like, <gasps> and he's like, oh, "Oh my god, oh my god!" And and so. I let it kick in hard on him, and uh, but like I told you, I don't I don't really suffer fools that well. I mean, I'm gonna let him I'm gonna let him call me a dick sucker so many times and tell me he wants to fuck me and and all of this and and I wasn't bullshitting about working the case. I was you know I, I I was bullshitting about the the calling the district attorney. I was bullshitting about. You know, going back inside and telling the guys that he confessed, et cetera. I, mean, I just wanted, I was trying to further the case along and I knew he was going to be a hard nut to crack. But I uh, probably lost my cool a little bit that last time when, when you know, he told me to suck his dick. And, uh, but I, I brought the freeze out. Honestly, I took the, fr- the freeze from the officer because they had him cuffed in the front. And I took him the, the freeze plus P not to go out there with the intentions of spraying him. I took it out there in case Sugar turned to shit and he wanted to fight because they had, they had had him cuffed in the front. So anyway, he's, oh, Lord, Jesus, oh, he fell to his knees and he's gagging and all that. And and I said, hey, who's on his knees now, bitch? I said, who's going to suck whose dick? And he's like, oh, and, and, and he's like, water, please, water. And I let it kick in. And five minutes goes along and he, he, I know what it feels like. And it's just absolute misery. But, you know, he's not going to die from it, right? Like I said, I've, I've been sprayed with it a hundred times. And then, uh, and then he was like, then he starts, he goes from the, the the shock phase to the begging phase. Oh, please, Jesus, give me some water for my eyes. My eyes are burning. Oh, my God, I'm going to die. My eyes are burning. I said, I'm a, what I'm going to do is stand you up. I'm going to walk you over here to the side of the building where there's a water hose and I'll, I'll let you wash your, wash your face. I said, but are you going to tell me to suck your dick anymore? He said, man, I ain't, I ain't telling you shit. He said, I ain't going to disrespect you no more, Sarge. I ain't going dis- to disrespect you. I promise. I said, you promise. He said, I promise. I said, now, the, the, you going to talk to me about these burgers? He said, I'll tell you whatever you want to know. Just give me some water. So I took him over and turned the water hose on and, and gave it to him. He couldn't see. I mean, he's blind, right? I led him over and turned the water hose on. And what he doesn't know is adding water at first with freeze plus P makes it fucking burn worse. So he starts when he's like, oh, but it feels good for a second, but then it makes it really burn. And uh, for a few minutes anyway. And then he start, you know, he's crying and I'm holding the hose for him and I'm washing his face. And he's like, oh, it's burning, i burn. I said, it's going to be all right. I said, I'll get you some ice. We'll go back inside. I get you some ice for your eyes because it really makes your eyes and all swell up. And so now we're, we, we best friends. This motherfucker's, oh, I'm sorry. 
I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry for disrespecting you. I mean, he said, I shouldn't have said all that shit. And, 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 and he said, please don't put a rat jacket on me. Just please don't put a rat jacket on me. He said, he said, I'll help you out, da, 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 et cetera. <laughs> so <laughs> finally, one of the officers came outside. He walked out and he sees the guy with a hose to his face and he looks at me and I said, I got this, man. I said, we'll be back inside in just a minute. And he's like, I, I said, I'll be back inside in just a minute, just going back inside. And and uh, so we get, take about four or five more minutes. He's running in a hose. He didn't want to get away from his hose. He's like a, a baby on his mama's tit. Right? It's like it's a lifeline because at the same time, it's, you know, cooling him down, it's still burning. He's like, oh, he's just, he's like, I mean, I totally got his mind right. And, you know, it, it takes all kinds. I mean, not everybody you have to go hard against. Not everybody you have to go soft against. Sometimes you just have to find that sweet spot. Um, did I lose my cool a little bit? Mm, probably so. But he wasn't going to tell me to suck his dick again ever or that he was going to fuck me. Or He basically, he told me, called me everything but a child guy. So get him. I said, you, you straight now? And he could, I said, look, the sooner you open your eyes, the, the sooner the burn will go away. And that's part of it, y'all. I mean, you physically can't open your eyes, and it hurts so bad when you try to go to, go to open them. So I walked him through the process. Now he thinks I'm his savior. Totally forgets the fact that I sprayed the shit out of him. Uh, um, and so... And I said, listen, you know, he's getting better. And he's like, he keeps apologizing and asking me not to put a rat jacket on him. And he said, he tells me he's going to cooperate. So, well, tell me what the fuck you did. He said, man, the, the, you know, I need money. And me, uh, I got two of my partners. And, and when you, he said, I've been scouting the neighborhood and I knew where to, what houses to hit, uh, who was going to be home. He said, I know what they had in them. But I, I knew who didn't have to punch an alarm when they went in. I mean, this guy was—he was sharp. He, and I said, "So, who were you, your partners?" And he told me. And when he told me, I said, "Hold on." And I called the chief. I said, "Hey, these are the other two douchebags." And I said, "I got a confession out of him, and he's going to cooperate." So I bring him back inside. Uh, long story short, and go back inside with the other officers, and they could tell he had been sprayed. I said, "Y'all," he took a swing at me, and. Um, uh, I had to spray him with the freeze. I said, isn't that right? Whatever his name was. He said, he said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And he said, I'm sorry. He said, I said, I'm sorry. So we sit down and I said, tell me, tell them what you told me, who it was that was with you so we can start getting on these warrants and shit like that. I said, I don't want to be here all night. I said, I'm going to help you out with the district attorney. I said, and, and, you know, I said, I'll tell them that you cooperated fully. I said, I'm not even going to charge you for swinging on me. He said, I appreciate that. And I said, well, I appreciate you cooperating. And so long and short, they're in there getting the information. And uh, I guess about 30 minutes had gone by or something. I don't remember. It wasn't. Oh, I, I was helping him write. A, um, he told me uh, where the where the firearm collection was, where he was. He told me where he was taking the items when he made the trips out of the neighborhood. So I was I was helping him write a search warrant for that residence. And. They brought in, the chief and them brought in uh, the other two assholes later on. And I remember I told you a search warrant takes a long time. You got to write it out and you got to get a judge and all that. But at some point, the chief brought the, the other two guys in uh, um, and they were in handcuffs because it was probable cause arrest now for the burglaries based off this other guy's statement. 
in the uh, and I told the chief on the phone. I said when when y'all when he told me they got him, I said don't tell him that this guy ratted him out. I said I'm not gonna play it like that. We're gonna play it like we have him on video at somebody's house or whatever. And he said cool. He said I'll let you handle it. So he brings the other guys in, and my my guy sitting there, my hard ass convict sitting there at the table, looking like a whoop dog. Uh, and he brings the guys in, and I said, gentlemen, they're in handcuffs, cuffed behind their back. And, and I told him who I was, and I said, and advised him of rights. I said, listen, you're fucked. The gig's up. I said, the um, we had not only do we have you on video inside several of the houses. I said, you know, don't you think that those half a million million dollar homes are going to have cameras inside, nanny cams and shit? I said, we got you. Not that you wouldn't be here. Uh, if it wasn't for those videos, I said, I said, you guy here is your partner or your boss man is cooperating fully because we got his ass on video and he's smart enough to do it all. with all the prison time that he's done, that cooperation is the best thing. When the gig is up, the gig is up. The video doesn't lie. I said, so y'all can, you know, do it the easy way or the hard way. I said, but. You're going to get fucking time. I said, you broke into a judge's house and several different politicians and hiring, you know, important people in the parish. I said, you're going to get done. Uh, I said, I don't know if you're on paper now. I mean, they were on parole. I said, I don't know your career history. I said, but, you know, if we can habitual offend your ass, we're going to do it. And they were look, they looked at the guy. We we're all sitting at the table and they, and they looked at the guy that I sprayed. And, and he said, what? He said, yeah, I already fucking told. He said, I, I told everything because they had they had us on video or they had y'all on video and they had me on video in the car. And he said, I, and the one kid said, the, the other two that they brought in weren't old like this guy was. And I think it might have been his nephews or something like that. They were in the early 20s. And one of them said, well, what you want me to do? Uh, uh, what you want me to do? He said, I'm going to tell you what you fucking don't want to do. And he said, what? He said, you don't want to disrespect this investigator right here. He said, he is a bad motherfucker. <laughs> he said, I will never fucking disrespect him again ever in my entire life. He said, now fucking tell him what what you know and we'll, we'll get a deal. And so that's what happened. Uh, um, the I don't know how much time they got. I, I didn't follow it up. One of the good things about being uh, assistant in another agency on a situation like that is they they do all the paperwork on it, right? And the, uh, yeah, SWIM should have done a, a use of force report and all that and charged them for the attempted swing. But hey, bygones be bygones. And and I actually did uh, um, tell the chief, I said, hey, you can tell whoever the DA is that, that handled this, that this motherfucker gets the golden pass. I said, yeah, he's a turd that won't flush. He's a career criminal, but you know, they don't need need a habitual offender. And I said, honestly, because if it wasn't for him, you wouldn't have shit or we might not have been able to get shit. So they were able to go out and do all the field work and get like like 99.9% of all of the, the valuables back, which is unheard of. Um, and the chief got to look good for the powers that be in the parish and all that. And, and these, these assholes went to prison. So, but... Swim, someone who isn't me, is actually the character in that story. So if I said I or anything like that, every time I said I, it translates to swim. And 
it's just a story I made up. Get it? So, <laughs> love and appreciate each and every one of y'all. Hope you enjoyed your patron bonus episode. Uh, I usually try to put one out the first week of every month. And again, I'm going to put out more episodes for y'all. I appreciate you. More episodes, more content, y'all. And um, as the month goes throughout the month. So, uh, and don't forget, you always get your commercial free version of whatever the episode that I'm putting out for everybody is. You get it at least 24 hours earlier than what everybody else gets it. And when I'm able to, and some of y'all have been taking advantage of this, when I'm able to and I'm recording regular episodes, you, uh, I'm going to video it for you so you, you can watch me record live. Now, remember, if you're, so I, I, when I'm when I'm recording live, I can't see the uh, all the comments and stuff because I get into the story. Actually, I f- forgot they were, um, the patron members were watching me one time, but I went back and read the comments and like I can't hear him once I start recording the episode or his voice is so low. Well, that's because y'all, uh, that's a bonus just for y'all. I'm doing that through an iPad, but when I'm recording, I'm recording into my system, which is then goes to Toby Tom Play. And he produces it and edits it and all that. But with that video, the audio is going to be shitty. And, I mean, but I can't do anything about that. So don't just watch the video. Uh, um, you you get your commercial-free patron episode on, usually, usually it's on Friday, 24 hours advance for everybody else. And um, the audio is, is, is jam up on that. And then on the commer- the commercial version that goes out to everybody has probably at least three or four commercials in it. The the you know uh, you don't have to listen to that, and so you will get that early. Um, your other benefits don't don't be afraid to use them, y'all. I've done I did some Zoom calls with um, patron members, twenty dollars tearing up. The, the the some people are finally using that benefit that that been on that tier for more than three months. And I'm glad that we had, I had got to talk to a really great couple last weekend. I think we probably spent 45 minutes on zoom and it was cool as hell. I mean, I like to talk to people. I'm down to earth. Don't be afraid of me. Use your, use your benefits. I want y'all to be happy. Okay. Patreon members are meaning that much to me. And, uh, if you have any bitches or gripes or complaints, let me know, let us know and we'll, we'll get them dealt with. Uh, other than that, love y'all. Appreciate you, patrons rock. And till next time or ever, don't let me catch. Oh, I'm Woody Overton, your host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And until next time or ever, don't let me catch you down on murder by you. Peace. Real Crime is a true crime podcast brought to you by Woody Overton and executive producer Toby Tomplay.